0: A podcast one
1: production the truth about starting a business crafting a career having a family and managing to fit it all in Superwomen, we ain't from the founder of Boost Juice Janine Ellis and leading executive and career coach Margie Hartley
0: Welcome to Superwoman We Ain't season two. I'm Maggie Hartley. And I'm Janine Ellis. Today in episode seven, we're going to talk about now you have your business, how do you grow it? We're going to talk about why do you want to, the steps to growing it, and are you ever really there? Janine, you've got a most extraordinary story where you grew a business from zero to 100 stores in four years. It's really phenomenal and frankly, legendary now amongst businesses. But I know that you get asked all the time. I've been with you when people have said, Janine, how do I grow my business? I've got the idea. I've started it. How do I grow it?
1: So talking about this, Janine, what do you reckon? without question. It is the number one question people ask me. And I think what happens is people get so caught up in the excitement of creating a product or getting their business up and running. And then they go, where to from here? And how the hell do I get there? And I was a little bit different when I started Boost Juice Bars. Mine was very much uh, built the first store. And then we already knew that we wanted to just grow. And the number one skill I had back then to grow was naivety, because the first thing I didn't do was put a glass ceiling on what I could or couldn't do. It was all about, okay, let's build another one. And my husband was as naive as I. and he did the leasing and I did the um, all the, everything else, and which really didn't really seem fair. But anyway, that's another <laughs> that's another sort of discussion. Um, and, and he also is a very big picture thinker and doesn't really understand the minutiae. So for me, I grew out of fear and necessity and naivety is probably the key things, which I don't know if you've read any business books that actually includes those three things in how you grow. Not really. But I think actually, if you actually ask any of those business people who wrote those books, who actually have achieved it, I think they'd go, actually thinking about it, they are probably the reasons why I did grow. So anyway, Jeff came home one day and you know went off with a guy called Cameron Little to look at a whole lot of leases and came back and you know signed up pretty much, I think, about 24 sites in all the Westfields and came home like a little Cheshire cat and going, here we are, there they are. Right now, the reality was we um, couldn't fund them. Uh, we couldn't open them because we couldn't fund them. We only had me and a very large Great Dane to actually pull pulled it together. And But what was interesting is that, again, I go back to the naivety. I just went, okay, fine, well, we're signed. Um, we've got personal liabilities of $5 million. Awesome. I could never pay that back in probably five or six lifetimes. So I have nothing really to lose other than everything. And Mm. off we went. So for me, the growth was just sort of tunny, you know.
0: Mm. So So you you sort of got on with it and did it rather than analysing too much about why or what the growth trajectory was. Look,
1: correct. Now, anyone who's known my story or people who've listened to Superwoman We Ain't Season 1, kinda of knows that, you know, my background isn't exactly business. You know, if you conclude, you know, stewardess on a yacht, nannying in France and selling timeshare as any sort of business experience, well clearly that's not it. So for me it was actually going, Okay, right, well we've got this, um, I've got to work it out. And I think that sometimes putting yourself under that pressure is scary because the reality is four out of five businesses fail in the first five years. Mm -hmm. And they do. Four out of five do fail and you hear those stories. Correct. And it's true. And, you know, meeting a lot of young business people, I understand why. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that tenacity to keep climbing up Everest, putting one foot in front of the other and never giving up. But along that Everest ride to the top is, you know, lots of different challenges. For me, during that journey, and I've mentioned it in Superwomen We Ain't now, season one, was that because businesses are very hungry for cash when they grow, you have to find cash from somewhere. Now, I actually got a call yesterday from someone to say, can you please help me with one question? How do I deal with the banks? How did I get the banks to give me money? How did you get money, Janine? And I said, well, it was pretty easy. I went to the bank, asked for a loan. They said, Yes as long as I put my house on as equity. <laughs> so, you know, all very well, um, the banks come into, but, you know, and then I said to her, I said, she was sort of whinging about the banks, which, you know, they're an easy target. But I actually said to her, I said, look, you've got to understand that so many businesses fail and the banks do a risk profile. Now, if all these businesses succeeded. Well, it wouldn't be a problem. The banks would go, sure, let's give money out everywhere because I'll get it back. But the amount of money that they lose in failed businesses, they actually have to be very careful. So, you know, I, I not the, you know, I'm probably the only person that actually goes, yeah, the banks are okay. <laughs> They're a necessary evil.
0: So, you're talking about risk, which I'm finding really interesting because your appetite for risk as a small business owner is really a a good sign of what you're going to be doing next. And um, you might want organic growth or just slow, steady growth. You might decide that in three years you want a big new line of things to grow you know, how, how, do you get the, how do you get the understanding of how hard to go, how fast? Well, let you me g- went hard and fast.
1: I, I did. I went hard and fast. And to be honest, if I went to an ex-seasoned retailer and said, I'm going to open a hundred stores in four years, he'd sit me down, give me a glass of wine and say, don't be so silly, right? Um, however, in actual fact, for our strategy of first to market, first to the mine was the right strategy, even though it nearly killed me in the process. But I've come across businesses that have been around for 25 years, owned by the family. And then, you know, the kids take it over and they want to, grow it to the next level. I've had seen businesses that have been around for five minutes and they want to grow. You know, you've got to also understand that we are in a whole new era. You know, we can reach people quicker than we've ever been able to reach people before through internet and social media. So, it is a new game. It's It's just changed now. So, because it's changed, the expectation of growth is so much higher than it ever has before. And so, we have to also know that if you grow... You're either going to go up or down pretty quickly. So, for example, you know, one of the things that you know traditional retailing was, you grow a store, put in a shopping centre, spend money on a fit out, and you, you know how you grow is to put another store, another store, another store. What people are finding is, you know, people that have had five hundred stores, they now go, okay, we're actually going to be more profitable at three hundred stores or two hundred stores than we are at five hundred stores. And so, in actual fact, how people are finding growth is by reducing, not actually increasing. And that's where people get it wrong. So, people actually go, okay, I want to grow, Margie. I want to really sort of take my business to the next level. And then they sit down five years later and go, oh my God, I've, I have five times more stores, which is great, or five times more bigger business. But gee, because I've had to hire 10 times more people, I'm actually making less money with this bigger business than I am when I had three stores and I had three people working for me. Absolutely. So
0: understanding why you're growing and for what reason, it's not just scope. There's lots of ways you can grow a business. It can be profit, it can be visibility, it can be you might choose to bring a new product on and you might choose for stability in what might be a volatile market during an interesting time.
1: Disagree. There is one way to grow and that's profit there is only one way you should focus on growth and that's the bottom line and how you do that. Now, that doesn't mean that if you do a plan that that profit goes back for two years. That's okay, right? Because you have to actually invest in growth. You have to actually be okay with going, Gee, I have this profitable business and I'm making $500,000 a year. Hooray. If I grow for these next stores, because of the people I have to hire, because of the money I have to put into it, because of all of those reasons and the infrastructure I have to create, I may have to go backwards for, for two years. I might not have to take a salary. I may have to go back and live with my parents if I want this business to grow. And the only thing you need to focus on growth is the bottom line, top line? You know, it's it's a, it's an ego number, right? This world of technology we're in, we're going. You know, I'm an Instagram and I have you know five thousand people following me or five hundred thousand following me, right? Most of it's rubbish. Yeah, most of it you can buy it. On yeah? Twitter you can buy people and you get them from India and suddenly you've got this big ego number of you know three hundred thousand people following me on Twitter. But the reality is, how many of those are valuable and quality? So people get caught up in. I have a turnover of 10 million dollars. Hey mate, no, I make no money, but I have a I have a turnover of 10 million dollars. So it's you've it, all the only thing that matters is the bottom line and the reason that is the the only thing that matters because the only thing that is true in business is what's in the bank. That's it. Forget everything else. Forget all the hype. Forget about the the balance sheet. Forget about the profit loss. Forget about everything. The only thing that's real is what's in the bank.
0: Okay, so what about the idea of social license to operate or the triple bottom line? The ethical responsibility to be a good business. I know that it's very much on the at the forefront of all of my clients thinking at the moment about what it means to be a good citizen, not just to make profits at the end of the day. What are your thoughts about that, Janine?
1: Look, it's it's an important point. And, you know, we talk about in other episodes about the why, you know, why do you get into business? You know, often the top five reasons people get into business isn't money, right? And if it is money, then then actually, funnily enough, you'll fail. So, I know it's an oxymoron, but you can't survive without cash in the bank, but you have to actually succeed by having that true passion for what you do. And I have a lot of businesses come up to me and say, okay, Janine, I've got this business. It's a, you know, it's a beautiful you know cup that I want to do. But I actually want to give 50% of my profits to charity. And I go, flawed. And they go, well, hang on. But no, 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 that's, I, I think that's what I want to do. I said, well what do you want what do you ultimately want to achieve and they'll turn around and say look i want to achieve yeah you know, i want to make sure that i can actually have a passion in in an african country and i want to make sure that i give water to them for example and i say great okay that's great that's a great goal that you want but by you setting a business and giving half your profit to that that means you'll always probably potentially have a little business right you're better off having taking all the profit growing your business to a big business, because then you truly can make a difference. You know, you can't, and maybe you might do it personally, maybe you might do it within the business, but it's only when you actually have the money that you can truly make a difference. Now, um, other things, triple bottom line, we're also talking about environment, right? We can all do things differently that doesn't cost money, to actually help the environment. So, yes, I'm I'm harping on it's all about cash and money and the reality is you don't exist, your dream and your why and none of that actually exists. Environmental, saving the world doesn't exist if you're out of business.
0: My favourite saying is from a friend of mine and he says, it's easy to be spiritual with a few bob in the bank. (laughs) or it's easier to be spiritual with a few bob in the bag. And so as I hear you it's actually make sure you don't subjugate your business or make sure make sure you're looking after your business always first and foremost and then once you have the profit and once you have the growth then you have choices around spreading
1: the cash. Yeah, correct. And look after the business and look after yourself. You know, we talk about that in other episodes, but, you know, we talk about what else is important on the bottom line. You know, as I said, yeah, it's, you know, cash is your oxygen, but there is other things to consider, but you, and that's why, again, you know, those knowing your numbers and understanding how your business works, because it's all very well having these plans, but if you haven't got the cash to do it, well, it's, you're just a do-gooder that, is a do gooder. So to summarise, it's all very well to have the plans,
0: the corporate responsibility, and the good intention, but it's actually the profit that matters the profit that will allow you to grow, the profit that will allow you to be the best business that you can possibly be. You're listening to Super Women We Ain't with Margie Hartley and Janine Alice. If you like listening to the show, please do get in touch on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and continue to listen for free. Okay, so let's now talk about these steps to growth. The question that everybody's asking you, Janine, how, how, how? What are these magic steps
1: to growth? For me, there's a number of clear steps you need to take to achieve growth. First and foremost is plan. I said in the last section that, you know, it's okay to go backwards in profit to go forwards, but if you're going backwards and not knowing why you're going backwards, that's more of a problem. So plan, stop every six months, do a plan. What am I doing? So for, for us, it was we wanted to achieve 100 stores in four years. How does that look? for me to achieve that. I knew our profit would go backwards to go forwards and I was okay with that. I knew that I was going to make no money for a long time and I was okay with that. So first and foremost, plan. The other thing I find is really important is ask for money when you don't need it. Tell me about what that actually
0: means because that that freaks me out. I'm not going to ask anyone to go into debt
1: while I'm buoyant. Correct. Okay. So for me, I was very conscious that if I went to the bank and said I need some money he would the first thing he would say to me is show me your profit and loss right so if I go to him early so for for me I go oh, cuz I was I ran on fear too right I was so fearful this business wasn't going to work that I used to think so far ahead to th- try and think about whatever else was going to have go wrong like a bit like chess you know how many moves do I have to make in, a, in advance so I would sit there and go okay I know I've done a cash flow I've done a plan I know in eight months time, if these few things don't go to plan, I'm going to need cash. I'm going to be out of cash. So, I then rewind back to today and I look at my profit and loss go, actually, the bank would look at that and go, there's cash there. So, the bank is more likely to give me money if I don't need it than if they do. So, at that time, I would go to the bank and go, right, okay, um, I need an overdraft just in case. For a couple hundred thousand dollars. So step one then is plan, know where you
0: want to head and what your ambition is and the steps to get there. And then step two is
1: cash up. Absolutely. Now, while we're talking about cash, the other thing that I find people do really poorly is they don't manage their cash very well and you cannot grow without managing your cash. And one of the key things I get wrong is I think the GST is theirs. Oh, no, it's not. It doesn't belong to you. It's not your money. (laughs) Just for clarity... All we are as business owners are tax collectors. That's all we are. So, when you actually collect the GST, that is not your money. The tax man's going, thank you very much. We can hire less people because you're claiming the tax for me. You're awesome, right? So, create a separate bank account. Put that GST in that bank account. Hey, but guess what? The interest is yours. Create a separate bank account put that GST in that bank account and good news is the interest is yours and make sure that it you forget about it. Do you think people actually really do think the GST money is theirs? I think the people that understand it. Right. I think um, because often people get so caught up in the product and the, you know, the journey of it, they don't want to sort of focus about the minutiae. And all they see in their bank account is they've got this money. But then what happens is that the bill comes in It's normally hopefully for your sake, you know, obviously we all want to pay lots of tax. The more tax we pay the more successful we are, right? Mm. But quite often, you know, you might go, okay, well, I've I've made all these sales and I've just put a new big, big order into China and my cash reserves have gone to zip, right? Then the GST bill comes in, the tax man goes, oh, by the way, all that tax you collected for me, thank you very much, Margie. Can I please have that now? You go, shit, I'm actually running out of cash.
0: Yep. So really important to know your numbers and actually understand what part is yours, what part belongs to the tax man, yeah. what Part belongs to super. Correct. Uh, what all of those things really important, and your cost base, understanding what your cost base is. So
1: the two things we've spoken about is all cash management. Really, really, it's you know okay. get cash before you need it, manage your GST. So okay, we've planned, we've got our cash, we've got all that organised. The next thing is getting the right people on the bus. Now that's from. Good to great. That mm-hmm. that's a really it's a good, goodie, but an oldie. So there's no point in actually starting your journey and getting to your destination if you've got the wrong people on the journey. So really look around and make sure you've got the right people. So do you pay for those people? Do you pay extra money well, don't to get work for the free. No.
0: But so you're a small business and you're sitting there and you're thinking, I need someone to really run all my admin. I need somebody to, I need to add someone on. But if I do that, that's actually going to take away the money I need to grow. How
1: do you balance that up? Well, you don't necessarily have to pay overs, but a great leader will inspire people who want to work for you. I'm not saying people want to work for you for cheap, but you don't have to pay overs if you really have a vision, a dream, a why, a purpose, then they'll work for you. I mean, look, people work for free. There's volunteers working for free all over the place, right? So, I know, you know, people are knocking on the door at Boost, whether they're interns and going, let me come and work for you for free and I'll show you how good I am. Please hire me. So, there is people out there that want the experience. There's people out there you can get in there. But the key thing is, Get rid of people quickly if they're not the right ones. So it's
0: really important to inspire people and be the sort of leader you would like to work for. I firmly believe in that. But what are the other ways that you can sort of attract people into the business? What are the other options?
1: Oh, look, yeah, obviously, if you create something exciting and, and a business that people believe in, then that's the number one reason people will come to you. But, you know, I don't think people should be working for free and I don't think that people should be, um, you know, out there going, okay, well, here's everything for you and there's nothing for me. What we did in the early days, our very first employee, which was a girl called Sharon, who was, she was a little gun. She was actually um, not very tall but made of... Iron, you know, she used to be a Australian champion water ski champion, right? So she was just this nugget, and so we, you know, we didn't have much money. So what we did was we actually said, "Look, we will give you a salary of X, and we will give you equity in the business." So we gave her equity, which in the end, that equity was in in the hundreds of thousands of dollars that she got. So she was, you know, perfect. perfect. We, we, you know, and but great, but how great's that? I mean, when you give equity and you, you know. Don't give it willy nilly, right? Because it is and give valuable. It to everybody. Right? No. And make sure that if people leave there's some sort of clawback, this you know, put good mechanisms in place. But I want my business full of millionaires. You know, in my business even today, all the senior executives have equity and options in the business, right? I love that because if I'm successful, they're successful. So and people have your franchisees have that, love you too, I know, because they're also successful. Correct. So what's in it for them, right? Mm-hmm. What's in it for them? They want to come to work and love what they do, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like the mines. You know, there's a lot of people that go, get a lot of money in the mines, but do you love it?
0: No skin in the game. So this is this really important part that you're saying, be the inspiring leader. People are attracted to work for you. Know your numbers. Actually have a plan that you can inspire other people for and getting the
1: right people on the bus. Yeah, absolutely. Margie, so look, really, the next section I want to talk about is: Are you ever there? You know, people say to me, and I get quite humbled by it. Is, oh my God, Janine, you are so successful, right? And I think, oh my God, it's not true. I'm, so, I'm not there. I'm so not close to being there. You know, I'm just a base camp, right? I've, there is still a massive mountain to climb, and that's how I'm built. I think I'm built for growth. And so, are you ever there yet? Never, right? Really, never, never. Not even when you sell the business or get private equity in or... No, never. No, life's never ending until it's ended. I've spoken before that, you know, I'm not going to die because there's going to be a cure for it, right? So we all know that. So for me, the ending's a long way away. We just need to cure climate change and then we'll be right. Exactly. That is a concern because I will be there to sort of witness it. So so really for me is there's two things to consider with are you there yet? Arrogance leads to failure. Okay. So what does that mean? Don't you need to be
0: confident? Oh, confident arrogance is very different. All right. I right. need to understand your understanding
1: okay. of what those two things are. I am a confident person, right? Mm. Right but I'm not arrogant. The arrogance comes from thinking that you are better than what you are or thinking you're there, right? If I said to you tomorrow, Margie, my business is amazing, right? I have um, a great team. We're at a great product. Our systems are flawless. Um, our marketing is amazing. We are the best business in the world, right? Where do you go from there? Down, down, down. Right? So if I turned to you and said, Margie, you know, I have, a, I have a pretty good business, right? And the reason my business is great is that we stop every day and look in the mirror and see how we can do it better. The reason my business is great is because that we are flawed and we are not perfect, but we acknowledge that and we do things every single day to be the best we possibly can be.
0: So I look at that and think it's about ambition, and actually always fine-tuning and iterating what it is that you do and why you do it. So you're saying don't think you're perfect ever. Oh, no. That's that's arrogance. That's your definition of arrogance. You can think
1: it. Knock yourself out. Good luck where that leads you. Yeah, but thoughts lead to actions. Correct. So, okay, that's exactly right, right? So you're saying thoughts lead to actions. So if my thought is I'm there, I'm perfect, my action is nothing. What's there to do? It's perfect.
0: Great. Or watch out from behind you because you think you're so great. You can't see the competitor chasing up behind you. I watched a video yesterday. You should all look at it. It's about brands over the last 20 years and the changing of the top 20 brands. And it's done in um, time lapse and it's done on a graph and it's fantastic. And you watch how Facebook, Apple and the, are going up dramatically, doubling themselves um, and Amazon coming from nowhere up to the top place and um, one of the top places and how some of these really amazing brands fell off, Nokia falling Mm -hmm. off and others. And I think it was a really good reminder about
1: arrogance and actually you're never, ever there. No. And the other thing is people underestimate their competitor. You can never write your competitor's strategy right? You're not in the room. You don't know. You don't know what they're doing. So never underestimate your competitor. And the final point I'd like to make on are you ever there yet? I've mentioned and I've harped on through these series about the fact that we're in a new era of change. Mm. And I'm going to harp on it again because it's so important. The key thing for growth is being agile. Mm. You need to be able to move and adjust to meet the consumer's needs. Super quickly. And take your blinkers off is what
0: I always say, you know, the, and I, I sit in rooms with people and yesterday did a strategy day with a group and I just said, you're not ambitious enough. You just, b- business as usual is for the next three years is not going to cut it at all. Mm. Um, watch out, look around you. And I think often we get caught up in doing business with ourselves and we just can only think about ourselves. It doesn't mean that the competitor is the most dominant thing
1: that you think about. But actually being able to look out is the most important thing. Yeah, completely. So look, for summary, if you're running your business, whether you're small or large, your sole reason of existing is to grow because businesses are an entity that will go up or down. If you're staying the same, you're going backwards or you bought yourself a job. So finally, plan, know your money, ensure you've got the right people on the bus and ensure that that you are agile and ensure that you're adjusting to what your consumer needs.
0: In the next episode, we're going to be talking about how to connect to your customer. Love the customer.
1: Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill, produced by Brooke Carrigan. Audio by Darcy Thompson.